Have you ever wondered how to stand out from your competition? Finding your niche could do just that. In this episode, I am talking to Heather Bayer, who is the founder of Vacation Rental Business School. And we're talking about the benefits of niche marketing, how to find your niche and the best way to promote it to your ideal guests. Heather also gives three ideas of great niches to get into. But as this podcast is all about growing your holiday lit business, why not grab the free guide on how to get bookings and expand in a difficult market? The link is in the show notes for you. So let's now hear how to master the art of niche marketing. Hello and welcome to this episode of Grow Your Holiday Let Business with me, Jane Mack. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Heather Bayer, who's the voice behind the very successful Vacation Rental Success Podcast and also the founder of Vacation Rental Formula Business School. So Heather, welcome to the show. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you for inviting me. Such a pleasure to be here. So uh, Heather and I met uh, a month or so ago on the Direct Booking Success Summit, um, where we were both speakers there and very quickly realised we've got quite a lot in common and very similar journeys. And we've also had a couple of chats ourselves about the world of property management and the journeys we've been on. And I love the fact that Heather calls herself a recovering property manager, which is something I can totally resonate with. And I just feel that Heather and I are on this mission to educate property managers so they don't feel they have to go into recovery at the end of their their career. So hopefully we can save some recovery people um, along the way. Um, And one of the things that Heather talks about is niche marketing for your rental. And this really interests me because there are a lot of people out there who are afraid to niche in their business because there's that fear that you know you're going to you're going to miss some customers you're going to miss particular guests so they kind of keep it wide keep it broad and this is why I thought this is a really good topic to chat about today because it might reassure some people about actually following your passion if you've got a niche and just how you can really make it work in your business so before we go into that though I just thought it'd be quite nice to hear about you Heather and to hear a bit more about your background of your 28 years experience in the industry so um, do share with us what have you been doing and, and how have you got to what you do now? Well uh, th- there's a lot of stories involved and I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it really really brief <laughs> but it uh, it all goes back to a, a day in 19. 19- 97 when we came across my my husband my family came across to Canada for a family wedding and there were 12 of us and my brother in his wisdom had booked us a, a vacation rental cottage on a lake and we'd never experienced this before I'd never been to Canada before and we arrived at this place and and it was it was dire <laughs> it really was <laughs> it was it was accessed only by boat and they they left us with a little boat with a motor that kept going wrong. The place was full of mice. The oh. septic tank or the holding tank filled up very, very quickly. And no, there was nobody there to empty it out. So there were 12 of us with one little outhouse uh, for, for for several days. Nice. But, but despite, <laughs> despite all that, you know, I'm a really positive person. The glass is always half full mm-hmm. for me. And, and we had a fabulous time, you know, swimming in, swimming in this, in this lake in the dawn when the mist is ri- rising off it. And, uh, it, it, you know, there were so many things that made it just, just so perfect. And on the last night, my sister and I were sat out on a rock and, and I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. I love starting businesses. And I and I just said, do you know we could do this? 
we could do this. We could do it so much better. Yeah. Uh, that was 1997. We, between then and 2002, we bought five properties in Ontario and started renting them out. And then in 2003, we actually took the leap and emigrated to Canada and started a property management business which I ran for 20 years as CEO. Um, we got up to around 200 properties. We always varied between 180 and 200 properties, and we wanted to keep it like that. And finally sold it uh, 18 months ago, uh, which is why I call myself a re recovering property <laughs> manager, because after 20 years, it does take a long time <laughs> to, to recover. Um, what I'm doing now is educating people in the uh, who who want to become property managers, who want to do the same thing as I'm doing, but to do it in the right way because I made so many mistakes yeah. along the way. And I just love to share um, what, what, what those mistakes were and uh, how people can go into this business and not make those same mistakes. So yeah. so that, in a nutshell, is is where I am now. Yeah, I love that. And that's where we are so similar, though, although we've, you know, we've we've same journeys in slightly different places and sort of different sizes, but we've still got that way. We want to share, we want to educate people. And we've got so much to tell them, haven't we, Heather? We've got so many stories to tell. And um, I love the fact that, you know, like, like myself, you do learn, you live and learn. And that's where you realise, oh, my God, do not go down this route. Do not do that. The, and you've got the evidence and the proof of it. And that's what really is there to help people who can go, yeah. And it the people I speak to tend to say, and you know, when I ask them, you know, why why have you come to me? What you know, why me? And they'll say, Because you've been there and done it. You know, you know this the industry, you know what the frustrations and challenges are. You've been there and they want that support from somebody who has been there. And that's what I think what really makes it, you know, really special for us because we can just provide that and and quite passionately, because I can see you're so passionate about it. So am I. I love the industry, but it's a really good way to stay in it when you've done the hands-on experience all those years and you know the feet on the ground if you like um so tell us a wee bit then about the vacation rental formula business school what is that and who's that for well we realized that there was so much um education I mean, and i'm i'm sort of talking about education in uh, inverted commas mm -hmm. um because you just mentioned experience in the industry and you and I have experience in the industry. We've been there. We've done that. We've we've cleaned the toilets. We've scrubbed the place down. We've dealt with angry guests, angry owners. Um, and and I felt there was so much out there coming out saying, you know, you can you can make passive income in this industry. Just follow my course. And I've been in the industry for six months or nine months and I've made a million dollars and uh, we 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 just got so concerned about the type of information that was being passed off mm. as as being something that was really useful to new people coming in that we wanted to begin to curate the best education uh -huh. the best consultants the best trainers and that's what we're doing at the vacation rental business school um in a previous life i was i'm i ran a uh, a training company mm -hmm. um back in the early 90s early 1990s i i had a training company we we taught marketing communication and management skills to middle managers mm -hmm. and so i'm bringing that experience of being a trainer tying that in with 20 years experience of being a property manager and we are producing over time we're producing what we hope will be the definitive guide on how to create uh, property management um, 
business that mm. is really, really successful. So yes. there's a lot of different moving parts to it. Um, we know there's some really creative and experienced people in this business like yourself uh, who are perhaps not being um, not being represented well enough um, mm. because there are because we're probably not as clever at digital marketing <laughs> that's <laughs> my downside who... always my downside that bit <laughs> um but but we want to be the um the let's say the scholar source of mm-hmm. really true education for this business and not yeah. just in marketing in all those things that you talk about like mm-hmm. um like developing standard operating procedures and systems and getting the right structure in your business yeah yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's such a wide range of it. And it's very hard to, no, no one ever knows every single part of it. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm I'm not the marketing side. I know what to do. I know that, you know, and I've taught it and I've trained in it. I don't actually enjoy it. I do not enjoy <laughs> that side. So if anyone ever asks me to help them, you know, could you help with marketing strategy and things for my business? I will give them to somebody else. It's not my area of expertise and I'm mm-hmm. certainly not passionate about it. So I like to stick to what I like to and get results there. But the thing is, there are other people out there who can do those specialisms in that area. And that's the bit where we can all come together and really help a fantastic industry that's just growing and growing. But there's so much resource out there and there's so much knowledge. I think, you know, coming together um, and the likes of you having that business school is a fantastic place for it all. Um, So it's on the note of marketing. (laughs) Let's delve into the world of niche marketing, which I know is quite something you talk a lot about, um, you know, on your podcast and in presentations and with people. And as I said before, I find it really interesting because, you know, it took me in this business, it took me a while to niche myself down in a consultancy back into the industry through fear of losing other customers out there. I know that other people who are letting properties and managing properties have that fear as well. You know, I just, if I be nice and broad, I'll capture everybody and I'll get lots of bookings, but that's not always the case. So um, give us a bit of an insight into sort of the benefits of niche marketing, Heather, and kind of how, how you go about that. Well, the, the, there's a there's a phrase in marketing, which is spray and pray. <laughs> and, or you could also call it spaghetti against a wall strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you just said. You know, let, let, we'll just get out there. We'll, we'll attract absolutely everybody. And then that's going to bring us the, the most business. But we're in such a competitive area now that we've, I, I feel that uh, operators need to, to do something else that is going to really position them. Uh, as an expert in one specific area. And I completely understand that uh, that objection mm-hmm. that, you know, if you do that, it's a bit like uh, we talk a lot about personas and about just marketing to some specific personas. And the argument against that is, well, what about all the other people that might be interested? Mm-hmm. Well, that's very true. But the, the key thing there is that they might be interested but if you turn your focus into those who are absolutely guaranteed to be interested in in what you're offering then you're going to be bringing in, bringing in a much bigger audience yeah. so there's four real benefits to niche marketing and i'm talking about micro niches you know not just a niche like being pet friendly yeah or being accessible or, you know, I'm promoting the outdoors. Uh-huh. That's great. Those are macro niches and they're fine. But what what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to niche down and come down to some smaller niches within that mm-hmm. macro niche. 
And the benefits of that is, you know, the first one is you've got less competition. I, whenever I'm talking about this, I mention Sue Allen at East Ruston Cottages in Norfolk. Um, she's in the pet friendly macro niche, but her micro niche is that all her properties accept multiple pets and some of her properties will accept unlimited dogs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is no limit. She has no pet rules so, and no pet fee. And of course, naturally, she attracts one of the, the you know, the, the biggest demographics mm-hmm. in the UK and certainly, you know, in, in the US, 63% of households have uh, have pets. And so that's a big demographic uh, here in North America as well. But as I say, it's not simply enough being pet friendly. You've got to, to, to niche down and then you won't have the competition because when you focus on a smaller market, you reduce the number of competitors you face. Um, bearing in mind, and I, as I talk through benefits, I'm going to talk about the disadvantages as well, because yep. one of them <laughs> is that if you go too narrow, you just don't have enough audience. Yeah. So you have to do that. So you have to do that research to make sure the audience is out there. I did a ton of research on pet friendliness and, you know, looking at uh, Europe and looking at the US to see how many, how many, um, how many households had pets. And there is a lot of information out there on absolutely every aspect mm-hmm. of, um, of, of people's lives. And you can find this information out. So secondly, um, is better customer relationships because it's so much easier to build a relationship uh, in a specific market if you focus on your guests' needs and their expectations. If you're speaking to a guest and you have knowledge about, you know, deep knowledge about what they're looking for, and let me let me give you an example. There's there's a new uh, market opening up and it's wide open now in creating. Uh, properties and spaces for people with autistic children. Mm. And if you're able to do that, you're able to um, create this space where a family can come and bring an autistic child, then you can, you're going to create such a great relationship with those parents. Um, I don't know what happened over the years, Jane, when I was, when I, when my kids were growing up, I never really heard about autism. No, me either. Um, No. And and I think it was just we, we just had a lot of badly behaved kids. <laughs> yeah, well that's it. And I find even now my children are like fourteen and nine or fifteen and nine. Yes, there's a lot more I hear about it now, but not so much when they were much younger. And certainly when I had my business, we were getting a lot more families, more and more were coming with autistic children and things were happening in the properties mm-hmm. and you know, there was issues were being caused and there was different things going on. But it was very new to us. So, you know, as a business and as an owner, I, I didn't know really how to deal with it because I didn't know about autistic children and autism and, and sort of didn't understand the, the well, didn't understand their needs and what they really needed. Um, and certainly when things go out wrong and, and how frustrated a family could be. But I thought I I don't know how to solve this as such. So you know, that was a bit of a learning um mm-hmm. in terms of how do we how do we help these families? What do we do? And and I think that's actually a really, really good niche to get in if you can understand it fully and probably people who have autistic children are the ones who are the best ones obviously to do yes. this but I think for a family coming the things that they could put in a property how they could just everything about how it'll operate with them could be a huge huge advantage to them and a big attraction for anyone who has the you know those the autistic children 
Yeah, it's a massive, massive market. Yeah. Once again, it comes down to research. I mean, I have a, I have a granddaughter who's severely uh, autistic and nonverbal, mm. and and I know my my daughter takes her to um, vacation rentals several times a year, yeah. and she very specifically chooses those to to um, to ensure that the family as a whole has a really yeah. good vacation. So that's one you get make these better customer relationships. Thirdly, higher profits. And and I mentioned that uh, that Sue Allen uh, doesn't charge a pet fee. She doesn't need to because her her fees are built in to her rates because those specialized services that you're offering will can yield higher prices because people are willing to pay mm -hmm. for those additional services. And I'm not talking about gouging, but simply to you know g give them value, but also um, pay attention to the, the additional services that you are giving and, and people will be happy to, to pay those. And then finally, the fourth one, cost-effective marketing. Yeah. Um, when you're doing the spaghetti against the wall strategy or the spray and pray strategy, <laughs> you know, you've got to spend a lot on getting your word out to as many people as possible, but with a much you know, targeting a much smaller audience, you're going to spend less on advertising and marketing because as I'm, I'll talk about in a bit, I think, um, when you go out looking for your audience, you actually can actually find the audience without spending much money on doing so. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. And that's one of the things that everyone at the moment always talks about is, you know, where should I be? Where should I be in Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or, or you know, should I, you know, should I be in TikTok? And everybody tries to spread themselves too thin. And when you spread yourself too thin, you're not making the same impact. And it's like, I think we look at our competitors and think, well, they're all in those places. They're advertising in these different places. I should be there too. And it's not the case. Absolutely. And that's, as you yeah. say, it's that do your research for your business and stop looking, don't worry about everybody else, but do it for your base because that's where the you know the, the cost effectiveness is going to come into its own then. Well, this is it. When you decide on the niche, niche, your I I use the terms niche and niche <laughs> interchangeably because in, in the US we yeah. in North America it's always niche. Um but when you determine what niche you want to be in, mm -hmm. then the next part of the research is to find your uh, your audience mm -hmm. and and develop an avatar or a persona for that for that particular audience once you've done that you begin to know this person mm -hmm. intimately and let's i mean let's just stick with the autism um mm -hmm. topic or the autism niche that you identify the family and the mom who is out there searching for a place where they can take their autistic child um, and remembering that autism has, you know, we, we talk about the autism spectrum, it, it, it ranges from relatively mild to where my granddaughter is, is it, you know, yeah. nonverbal and um, in a wheelchair. Um, so that there's a, there's a wide range. But so when you do your avatar, you decide, you know, who are you going to focus on? Who is this person? What is this child? What does this family want for their vacation? And once you've got that person really firmly fixed and written down, mm -hmm. uh, then you can start going out and finding them. And that that's when you find that, oh, my gosh, there's Facebook groups that cater yeah. to these families. 
So you go and join those Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And, and I certainly don't advocate joining a Facebook group and then diving in and saying, hey, I've no. got this accommodation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, joining and making the occasional comment, and particularly if, you, if you've got experience um, within that niche, then you contribute as well. Always remembering that if people are interested in what you're saying, they will click on your yeah. profile. They'll click on your profile. They'll go back to your Facebook page. And so you have to make sure that in that Facebook page, it tells them yeah. what that, that you have a property. Um, it, it's you, you can put a little bit in that profile that doesn't come across as overly promoting, but mm-hmm. just simply says a little bit more about you. And, hey, you know, I have a, an, an autistic, um, autistic friend, autism friendly property. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's how they find you. But, you know, there's work involved in this. It's And this is why a lot of people don't do it, because it's not as simple as just posting it on Airbnb and hoping for the best. That's yeah. spray and pray. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, if you take the time, it'll pay off in the end. You just got to put that time in at the beginning, don't you? And mm-hmm. then once you've got that information and that research and that knowledge that you need, that's you just keep using it going forward. So you've got that then. Um, so, you know, in order to find these as well, you know, how else is there any other ways that they can look at how they can build their content and how they can reach their audience? Certainly, I mean you've got to start with the, with the niche, mm-hmm. the niche, uh, and I'm going to take another one now. And this is this is one super popular here in North America, and that's mm-hmm. pickleball. Yeah. Um, the pickleball phenomena has just you know run right through uh, through the continent and and i know from where where i'm sitting at the moment i'm in an rv park in in a state park in alabama we have eight pickleball courts and you'll still wait half an hour to get a game in the morning (laughs) um certainly if you know if your age group is um well i say i'm i'm thinking about maybe my age group the older 55 plus Mm -hmm. but in fact when i did my research on pickleball it was the, the average age of a pickleball player is 35. Mm-hmm. So what now when people go on vacation, they're looking for somewhere to go play. And if you are in an area where there are pickleball facilities nearby, and certainly you know Florida is absolutely packed with them, mm-hmm. but many, many places now are growing their pickleball communities then you you create pages on your website that are devoted to pickleball and where people can go and play and because it's 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 not easy you have to you don't necessarily book times you just turn up and open sessions and then there might be 20 people there and you just stand around and then eventually your turn comes and you get put into a game so you know that that's the way it works and that's what people are p- looking for. They're looking for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But you've got to tell them, you've got to create the content on your website that resonates with those people who are interested in a niche. Another one is bird watching. And I mentioned this in the session that I did on um, uh, at the Direct Book Summit. Um, bird watching is an $18 billion market. And just about everybody, everybody who's listening to this has probably got birds in their garden. I mean, you people don't necessarily go bird watching to see a sparrow or two, but I know out of the back of my window the other day, I saw a bald eagle, I saw an osprey, and I saw a blue heron. You know that if you're in places where people can see some of these 
uh, these amazing birds, then create some content on your website that talks about mm -hmm. what they can see. And then um, you, you create some things within your property that helps them out, you know, have some binoculars, mm -hmm. buy some books on local birding and get in connect, get connect with a local birding uh, association. And there's lots of them. And then once again, Go where they go, find their Facebook groups, find their Instagram accounts that they're looking at and yeah. and make your engagements and connections there. Yeah, no, it's, it's that's actually really interesting about birdwatching because it's not something I automatically think about, but I live by the coast. So if I'm out and about, you see all types of things. And you think, oh, what's that? What's that type? I was actually out walking the other day and um, there's a, a couple that I know who you know, live in my local village. I just happened to see them. I said, oh, hi. And I looked, I said, you pair bear bird watching and she's like well what else do you do with binoculars on the beach and I was like well very true and she says we love it we always bring our binoculars out in a walk and she just and then she started to point out to me all these different sort of birds and that were, were down the beach and I think sometimes we maybe don't think about the areas around us and what we've got that we could really niche into because you just get yeah. in your head that I've got a property to let I'm going to bring in guests we've got in general here's where we are but we don't really think about the little, as you say, the micro niches round about us that you could really focus on and hone in on just to really, as you say, you just bring in that that sort of specific set of guests and really and bring your profits up in, in a different way mm -hmm. rather than just trying to get everybody in. Yeah, yeah ex ex exactly. And you know, you can still be out there yeah. doing your spray and pray marketing. Mm -hmm. um, but because once you become known uh, mm -hmm. in, an, in a niche, then... Uh, the word of mouth referrals begin to come. And I know yeah. with uh, with East Ruston Cottages, they have a massive um, word of mouth referral network. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your marketing becomes cheaper and cheaper over time. <laughs> yeah. Because people people who are, and I know going, going, going back to my, my daughter, she's in network of um, other mothers with severely autistic children. Yeah. And this is the question they always ask. Well, you know, where do you go on vacation? Where can you take your child on vacation? What, what's she going to refer? She's going to refer the places that she went mm -hmm. to yeah. where she had a really good experience. And unfortunately, these people don't have a lot of choice. You know, they, they don't have that luxury of saying, you know, that's a nice place and this that's a nice place. Yeah. Because it more than likely they won't have the right amenities. So they're going to go for the word of mouth referrals over and above anything else. Yeah, I think that, yeah, we forget that, that these people who are in that niche are in so many groups and gatherings with the same amount of people because it is quite a specific thing to them. I think we forget about that because I actually wouldn't have thought about it that way. Um, so, yes, you can see how they would be e easily go, oh, I went here on holiday, I did this. You know, we should go mm -hmm. here and try here. Um, so, that, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and, you know, Heather, if people wanted to find out more about your vacation rental formula business school and you know where should they go because obviously they can gather a lot of this information as well from you there uh absolutely i mean they can go to um vacationrentalformula.com mm -hmm. um and take a look we, we've, we've got a few courses up at the moment we are growing our inventory of courses the one i'm working on right now is called nail your niche yeah, and, perfect. <laughs> and that is a you know it, it goes into a lot of detail on mm -hmm just so many different 
uh, niches mm -hmm. and how to, you know, how to do it from beginning to end, the sort of content that you need to, to create, yeah. the places that you need to go, how to identify your target market, how to do the research, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that's what I'm currently working on. I'm creating the videos this afternoon. I'm Good. Heading, heading back into my little studio, which is a bit <laughs> like this one, but slightly different, <laughs> and uh, and creating the the videos. So uh, so yes, please go to vacationrentalformula.com mm -hmm. and check us out. Great, and you did say that you're you're looking at sort of growing that that formula that that business school, if you like. So what what's the sort of the future holding for that? What's what's some plans there? We we want it to become the hub mm -hmm. for any learning that anybody wants to do in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, and I mentioned um, you know, consultants and trainers. And, and the thing is, is that just about everybody's calling themselves a consultant or a coach <laughs> or a trainer. It is so difficult to tease out what's good, what's not. Mm -hmm. So we're creating what we're going to be called Consultants Corner, which will be launched in um, January. Mm -hmm. And that is... It, it will be people that we have vetted. So right. not everybody can just come along and advertise. Mm -hmm. We're inviting um, those people that we've heard about, the people right. where we've heard from people who've used those services and they've said, this was really good. I've learned so much yeah. from this person. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be on, on our, each consultant will have a page where, um, they can talk about their services, but we interview them. We also interview one of their clients yeah. and um, we we collect testimonials as well. And we follow up on the testimonials because I know yeah. how easy it is to, <laughs> to, to create testimonials. <laughs> oh, um, but we want it to be, we want it to be the one-stop shop for mm -hmm. anyone who says, oh, I really need to learn about AI yeah. in this business, mm -hmm. or I want to learn about revenue management Mm -hmm. and dynamic pricing um, yeah. so they can come to uh, the the vrf business school and they can find the person or the group or the training that's mm -hmm. going to work for them brilliant i love that because that's been the biggest i say you know is what a huge challenge for people in this industry they don't know where to go they don't know mm -hmm. they're finding this person or that person or that course or but there's not i think there's lots out there but as you said earlier it's that people don't know enough about them because maybe they're not so good at advertising or not going in the right places. So I think it's really having that central point is a really, really valuable resource mm -hmm. for, for people in the industry. So thank you, Heather. We'll look, absolutely look forward just to seeing how that's going to grow and how it's going to, you know, what's going to do for people. Um, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been great talking, talking to you and just hearing about your, your experiences and some really, really useful and very valuable tips there on niche marketing. So thank you, Heather. You're welcome, Jane. Always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening to the episode today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And as always, if you like what you hear and you think anybody else could benefit from this, then do please leave us a review. And any questions, just pop up it over to Instagram even. I am at Jane Mac Consulting and you can just ask me there. So now's your time to go and grow your holiday let business.